0: We're live. Yeah. All right. Great. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the number <laughs> one generative AI podcast in the world. Maybe in South Bay. Well, yeah, we're working up to it, but yeah, we're getting there. So, yeah, everybody, welcome back to episode two. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about, um, all, everything related to generative AI. We've got a, a episode with just uh, Shashank and I. Uh, in the future, we plan on getting more people, but uh, for now, you're stuck with us, uh, so you're going to get some of our opinions on stuff. So, uh, Shashank, what's in yeah. your, what's on your mind?
1: Um, I, I have a couple things on my mind, uh, but before that, you know, we uh, did uh, a bio uh, on me, so I kind of wanted to briefly talk about you, uh, my co-host, Mark Kuzmarski, um, you want to tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and uh, why you got into AI and why you wanted to help me run a meetup
0: and uh, what, what what do you do outside of uh, this meetup? Ah, all right, yeah, I wasn't expecting this, but sure. So I'm Marcus Marski. I was originally born in well, a suburb of Cleveland, Ohio. Going way back. Yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> at first I was I was born. <laughs> Uh, to to two parents. Uh, anyways, yep. we'll, we'll we'll skip all that. Yada uh-huh. yada. I Got a computer science degree. Nice. Um, and then uh, and then I ended up uh, moving to California after uh, college. Actually, it's a somewhat funny story. I remember I originally accepted a job in Denver, Colorado. Oh. Uh, I actually really wanted to uh, live in Denver, uh, go skiing. I, I had an internship there. Over the summer. And I I fell in love with the place. Uh, Loved all the outdoor sports. And then I think I was like on my way uh, to orientation. Because the orientation was in the Bay Area. And they're like, "Um, yeah, Mark. First thing. First thing. Mm -hmm. We're going to increase your salary uh, $2,000. So that was was exciting. Uh, But then I didn't realize that um, the Bay Area is... Probably like you need double two, double, two double the price or, or something of uh, Colorado. So um, you know, I didn't know. And then so we're gonna we're gonna double we're gonna not double your salary. We're gonna raise your salary two thousand dollars. And then, uh, but you are now gonna be uh, in California. You're gonna be in the Bay Area. And I had no idea like where that was. Uh, I I don't I don't even know if I've been to California. Actually, no, I've been to California, but I didn't really do much. Um, you know. Uh, I just, I think went on like a little trip or something when I was uh, a student. And then after that, I moved to uh, California, Um, worked uh, doing some uh, biomedical uh, consulting uh, there. Um, Quit my job after like two years. Um, After that in 2017, I moved to Japan for uh, like three years, uh, three and a half years. Um, worked at some startups there. I was working on like a web app, uh, and then also I did uh, some cryptocurrency development. Uh, then in 2020, uh, after COVID hit, I um, moved back uh, to the Bay Area. Um, so I've been living in California now for a total of I think, let's see, 2024 now. So I think what it's almost seven years yep. I've been living in. Uh, this area, so the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, whatever you want to call it, I've lived um, here. Um,
1: I, I still feel like you just got here, but uh, seven years is a long time.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it you know it feels like I just got here. Uh, it feels like I just moved in yesterday, but yeah, it's it's been a while. Um, and you've been at uh, Amazon for the last few years. Yeah, that's right. I've been working at Amazon for a little over three years now. Uh, I'm doing uh, Android development there, so i um, working on uh, specifically the Fire tablets, uh, so it's it's been it's been a good good three and a half years or whatever I've been at Amazon. Uh, no complaints. Awesome company. Um, do you get to
1: it. work on any AI stuff uh, at your job?
0: Uh, not a lot. Um, a lot of that is handled by a different team. I mostly do OS development, uh, so mostly like android stuff um i touch alexa a little bit uh although um i don't really get to touch a lot of the ai part more just kind of build some of the front ends and whatnot but uh yeah unfortunately not a ton of ai stuff that i get to work on but you could call me more of a an ai enthusiast uh so i play a lot of it in my free time but yeah at work i don't do a lot of uh ai development nice um
1: so speaking of uh side projects and uh tinkering and uh, being an enthusiast, how do you like uh, keep up with this space? Like there's there's so much noise and there's always something new every week. Um, I, I, I think the whole world kind of uh, was shook when ChatGPT first came out and that was the big development. Uh, but since then there's something like uh, every new company working on foundational models, uh, not to mention fine-tuned models uh, in different uh, verticals, different domains. Um, yeah, how, how do you uh, how do you handle all that?
0: Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I think I'm missing a lot of things, honestly. But uh, there's a few uh, sources that I really like. Um, honestly, I'd say the, the number one source right now that I get my information from is our meetup. That's uh, true. Yeah, <laughs> uh, where people will come to me and say like, "Hey, Mark, like, check out this cool thing." I love that. Um, and uh, I really like that. Um, like, I think that there aren't too many. Uh, events like in the world really where people are just going to like t- show you all the cool stuff that they're working on. So I think that is the number one kind of filter for me. Uh, if somebody comes to me in person and shows me, I'm going to definitely take a look. Um, but there's a few other things that I really like. Um, one is uh, I'm on Hacker News just constantly. Um, yeah, you're looking at the different. Uh, AI models that are released, uh, different blogs showing how to, you know, do tips and tricks, fine tune, uh, look at uh, people's opinions on different articles. But yeah, I'm love love Hacker News and see you know what made it to the front page. Another it's, uh, thing it's that kind of funny that yeah. like, Sam Altman used to run Hacker uh, Y Combinator and now he's working on OpenAI. Yeah, and, you know, full circle. That's true. That's true. Uh, what were you gonna say? Oh yeah, uh, I was gonna say another um, thing that I like a lot is um, the Tech Meme Ride Home. I think that's a oh, really okay. good uh, podcast that I listen to. It's just like a daily podcast. Um, I think it's like around you know fifteen minutes or so, mm-hmm. where they'll just talk about the tech news. It's more than just AI. It's kind of just all tech news, but. I really uh, like that one a lot. They kind of condense it down for you, and they always are going to talk about something interesting. Um, talk about you know maybe for like a minute or two for each story. Just keep going through all the stories, and uh, you can always get like the daily uh, stuff there. I like that one quite a bit. Um, for longer form concept, content, I really like, uh, like the Twit Network. Um, they're going to mm-hmm. talk a lot about. They have a bunch of shows. They have, I think, they have one called like This Week in Tech. This Week in yeah. Google. Um, I don't. Oh, know if, this Week in Google. I didn't know that. Yeah, they have This Week in Google. I think, uh, like This Week in Microsoft or something. Okay. Or maybe they have a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, they call it Twig. I'm a big fan of that one. Yeah, they they were founded in uh, 2005.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I, I remember uh, listening to them, Leolaport. Yeah. Uh, this Week in Tech. Yeah. Uh, way back when, and he used to talk about like. Uh, um, before Twitter came out, and uh, he was like one of the first users on Twitter, and talking about all oh, this you know social uh, networking platform, and I don't fully get it, but like I'm kind of addicted to it. And, <laughs> yeah, early days. And uh, uh, speaking of uh, Twit, um, I I started following uh, Jason Calacanis, um, and he has Twist. I think oh. it's like a, like a play on uh, Twit, the original tech podcast. Um, he has a take on the AI space and uh, from like a more investor standpoint where he talks about startups, uh, different funding rounds, the challenges that uh, founders face. Um, I really like that because uh, for the last few weeks, all the conversations have been about AI, um, about government policies affecting AI, about uh, how different investors are looking at AI companies um, what kind of spaces you can tackle? Where are the opportunities? Uh, what problems founders are facing?
0: And um,
1: I, I, I really like that
0: one. You know, we should put all of these in the description. So yeah. for people listening to the podcast, uh, if you want to get the uh, stuff that we l- used for the news, yeah. uh, we'll we'll post it in the uh, the podcast uh, description. Uh, so I'll make a list. Yeah,
1: and uh, if you guys have any sources for us, we'd be happy to hear them. Yeah, um, and speaking of the. Jason Calacanis' twist uh, one. He also had like a newsletter, Inside Business. It's not uh, directly related to Stardust, but it's more like a macroeconomic overview of what's happening. Um, it talks about large companies, big developments, um, government policies, and things like that. And that's uh, that's kind of helpful too to get an overview um, of the space.
0: Yeah. And then one other thing that I've been playing around with uh, for getting news is I've actually been trying to create an AI program to help me summarize the news. So right now it only will uh, summarize Hacker News articles. So uh, I built a program that will scrape uh, the content on Hacker News. So for those that don't know, uh, Hacker News is a website kind of like Reddit, I guess, um, where people will just post articles, and um, the articles tend to be pretty tech slash business slash startup focused. Um, And then the top ones will uh, be voted up and ranked to the top. Uh, So then the number one articles will be on the front page. I think there's maybe 25, 30 articles that are on the front page, and uh, people will uh, leave comments on the articles and uh, just link to them and just talk about it. So I built a a web uh, scraper tool that will scrape hacker news uh, once per day, uh, and then it'll ask the AI. So I've been playing around with a couple models uh, for, know which ai i'm using but i'll have i have one from i have been trying gpt4 i've been also trying a mistral uh Mm -hmm. so mistral if you uh is a really cool open source competitor to uh open ai does Uh, that uh, run locally you can you can Uh, but i've been using their api uh Mm -hmm. it's a lot cheaper than uh gpt4 but you have to get a uh invite uh to use it although Mm -hmm. when i applied i got approved in like two days or something like that okay. so i think that they're churning through people pretty quickly and uh it seems pretty good uh and does that have a web scraping ability too um no i scraped it in um i used some uh python libraries to uh to pull the articles i'm just using like basic you know mm-hmm. regular uh web 1.0 web 2.0 scraping what? come on you didn't want to use an agent I didn't. I just. Well, actually, you know, to be fair, I used GPT four to okay. to write the code to do the scraping. <laughs> okay, there you go. So, uh, there we go. Anyways, uh, so I scraped it and then I pulled each of the articles and then I asked the AI, um, "Is this article, based off of the title, uh, newsworthy?" Um, and I oh. and then um, I said, if it is newsworthy. Summarize it and then uh, take all the summaries, convert that to a podcast transcript. Mm -hmm. So it'll so summary, it'll take all the articles, uh, filter them down based Mm -hmm. on what it thinks is newsworthy. Um, What's its uh, uh, acceptance rate for newsworthy articles? uh, You know, it's pretty high. So it's uh, it needs some fine tuning. Uh, I'm I'm working on the actual article selection because some of them are a little uh, interesting. Let's okay. say what it what it'll pick. Um, anyways, it'll it'll take all that, convert it to a podcast transcript. Uh, I found that GPT four is much better at creating a podcast tra- transcript than Mistral. Okay. Um, so, for example, if I had ten articles that I wanted to summarize, um, Mistral would maybe get like four that'll actually summarize, whereas GPT four will get like all all ten and actually make like a legitimate podcast transcript from them. So then I'll have this transcript, hmm. which is text, and then I will upload that text to 11 labs. Uh, So (laughs) 11 labs is a really cool tool that you can convert text to audio. Um, So it'll make an MP3 file, I think, um, or some sort of audio uh, file. I don't remember the exact format, but um, then it will speak it supernaturally. And then I'll take that audio file and then I'll upload it to Podbean and then have a daily tech news podcast summarizing hacker news nice. so yeah i'll uh,
1: uh I- i'm curious have you tried uh open text-to-speech because the demo from uh their presentation was insanely good
0: no i haven't uh, let
1: me let me play a let me play a demo i'm not sure if this is the latest one that they demoed but let's have a listen
0: the sun rises in the east and sets in the west this simple fact has been observed by humans for thousands of years that's that's pretty good. Yeah, That's pretty good. Do they have different uh voices? They do. In the heart of the city, there is a large
1: park where people go to relax and enjoy nature.
0: And oh, This is, is a different one? The train chugged along the tracks, carrying passengers to their destinations. There's like an audiobook uh, voice. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. I'll I'll let you listen to this one okay. uh, that I that I have. So, here's today, uh January 18th. I think it's the 18th. Yeah. Oh, wait. Actually, I have it at double speed. Let me let me slow it down real quick. Uh, I was listening to my podcast a little fast. Same. Hello, and welcome to Tech Flash, the
1: AI-powered podcast with all your latest tech news. It's pretty Whisper good. Whisper Speech, a new
0: open source project developed so, by Collabora. Anyways. Nice. Yeah. It's... I don't know. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think 11 Labs is, is pretty good. Um, but yeah, it'll do that. I'm, I'm still working on the content selection, um, mm. but I want to... Uh, compile more articles so and from different sources So, if you have any ideas of like how i can get the interesting articles
1: yeah interesting articles um that seems like a subjective criteria um maybe you could uh compare different llms and see which uh whose selection process that you most like and then just pick that one um because i feel like uh, every llm has some kind of a bias. And, uh, you're just trying to figure out whose bias you're, uh,
0: you have an affinity towards. That's true. Yeah. Or maybe I could like change some of the prompt, uh, prompting. Cause I found that something that I don't really want is a lot of, I'll get a lot of, um, like personal blogs where it'll uh, talk about it where it's like somebody will say like, Oh, like, you know, Python, Two versus python 3 or something like that mm-hmm. and uh I, I don't really want that kind of thing but it'll summarize uh some of these like esoteric programming uh blog posts what, what do you think is newsworthy if you had to pick well i think a couple things one is i want to know what the big companies are doing um so for example like if google or a- apple or uh amazon or Something released a new product. I think that would be pretty newsworthy if it, you know, pertained. Actually, it doesn't need to pertain to AI. It Could just be anything like that. Uh, also, if there was maybe some sort of uh, like breakthrough in uh, technology, maybe somebody figured out cold fusion or yeah. something like that. Right? I'd wanna. I'd wanna know. So big breakthroughs in science, technology.
1: Yeah. Um, major releases from large uh, corporations.
0: Or. A startup too. Startups, okay. uh, I think that'd be okay as well, right? If they had like a new product, but like what I don't care about is like you know an API update in Rust, right? Like I don't think like Rust async is interesting. Mm-hmm. Actually, it is interesting. Let me take that back. But <laughs> but, but but I think that um, the average person wouldn't understand it. Yeah, it's too specific. Yeah. So I want it to be something that I could. You know, tell any person off the street, and they would understand. Not something like super, super specific to some you know programming language. Like if Postgres uh, released a new feature, I don't care.
1: You want to uh, pop news for the lowest common denominator of a person?
0: Uh, a little bit, a little bit more <laughs> than that, but specific for tech. But uh, yeah, tech, yeah, somewhat, a little bit. Um, yeah, you should uh, try playing around with the.
1: Um like the prompt to see if you can codify uh these preferences that you have i feel like it can do a pretty good job
0: i think that's a that's a good idea um cool so anyways yeah that's a long and windy way of uh, how i get the news um anyways shashank you were also mentioning that you saw uh this like new gpt store uh yeah, yeah yeah can you tell me about i don't I think I maybe played with it, but I don't really know much about it. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: so they announced this a while back. Um, so for those of you who don't know, uh, at Demo Day, they said they were going to allow... Creator- like what's a Demo Day? Um, this was, I think, uh, two months ago, where they announced a bunch of new technologies. Uh, one of them was the text-to-speech um API that I mentioned, uh, it sounded really good in the demo. Uh, they talked about the vision for their company um, and where they're kind of headed. And uh, it, was, it was very general, um, but the big news was the GPT store where they're gonna allow people to build custom versions of ChatGPT by adding a prompt, um, a document um, to use as a knowledge base and hook it up to any kind of API that they want using a thing called they they something they call actions. Um, I think it's gonna be amazing. Um, this is what blew up the iPhone when they opened up uh, their software to third-party developers, built a marketplace, and allowed uh, everyone else to build really cool stuff on top of their product. Um, and I think they're getting there. Uh, they're building um a searchable app store where you can find uh products uh trending um gpts in different categories so we were talking about this one earlier uh the all trails um, uh, gpt which suggests uh trails uh to hike in different places
0: that's pretty cool uh, so i could say like oh i'm going camping in yosemite this weekend like what trails do you recommend and also i'm like super out of shape and i want (laughs) to (laughs) just like uh you know do like a a short
1: trail i think you could you could give it uh the location you could give it uh preferences and it'll spit out a suggestion rather than having you having to manually type in all that in the app that's pretty cool And uh, you you actually mentioned you did use this without even knowing.
0: Uh, Yeah, actually, yeah. I I didn't even realize it was a GPT. I I saw that there was one, I don't remember the name of it, but it allows you to search medical documents. So I remember I just started putting in random symptoms from diseases. And uh, actually, I think I remember I asked it for the pros and cons of vitamin D. And it had a lot of... What was it called? Do you remember? uh, Man, I don't remember. I'll Um, take a look. Yeah. Consensus.
1: Oh, consensus. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. Search 200 million academic papers from consensus.
0: That's it. That's it. I feel like this here is just going to um, make uh, scientific research so much easier. Mm -hmm. uh, Because finding, like sorting through all these papers is a lot of effort. And like no one person can read everything. Yeah. Sorting
1: isn't too bad. Uh, We had a Google Scholar where you can just search for research papers um uh, well the ones that don't need a license and uh, i'm not sure how these uh people handle licensing cause maybe, they don't. maybe they don't yeah <laughs> i don't know yeah we'll, we'll see how the uh, new york times uh, lawsuit plays out oh uh, yeah what but, do you think like, about that <laughs> <laughs> well uh, yeah we can we can uh, touch on that later but uh, okay yeah i think uh the marketplace the gpt store is super interesting what i'm excited for is when they open it up to have some kind of an authentication feature because right now you're just getting general information everyone is accessing the same version of consensus or all trails you can't uh, hook it up to your uh, gmail for example or your google docs and have it get your context like i I can't even uh, give it a to-do list Uh, it doesn't know anything about me Apart from, like, the um, custom instructions that you put in, which is, like, a couple hundred lines. um, Once you get authentication, I feel like that'll open it up to um, long-term, sustainable businesses that can offer value to customers.
0: Oh, that's true. Personalized. Yeah. Hypothetically, if they had some sort of profile about you, they could know your likes and preferences. So I could say, like, hey, order me my uh, usual at my favorite restaurant. And uh, maybe it'll mm. get you the pineapple and pepperoni pizza at Domino's and have it delivered. Or it could tell, tell you, oh, maybe you've been having that a lot. Maybe try, <laughs> try, to, try to have a salad. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, it, it could know your... Uh, you, it could hook up with all your smart devices yeah, eventually, really cool. right? Like, you know, the smart trackers. Um, it could... Yeah, actually, I think that would work really good if it like, hooked up maybe with your Apple Watch mm-hmm. or uh, your Fitbit, whatever, um, looked at your heart rate, uh, looked at the exercise details. Maybe mm-hmm. you could even uh, hook up to your calendar and see how often you went to the gym <laughs> and uh, tell you to maybe work out a little little harder, a little more. Hook it up to your uh, Strava app and use it
1: as like a workout coach. Yeah,
0: yeah, it could. I think there's a lot of stuff that you could do, yeah. So you get your regular. I don't know. Anyways, oh, yeah. yeah, it's it's exciting. We live in amazing times. I feel like this is the thing that's so exciting is today is the worst this technology will ever be. <laughs> it's only up from here.
1: Um. Well, there's uh, doomsday scenarios that a lot of people are concerned about, but you know, uh, you it, know. It, the, the the technology will get more capable. Um. Uh, another thing that I was uh, curious about is uh, their pricing model. So they haven't announced it. Um, no one knows uh, how they're gonna um, uh, like compensate developers for uh, all these custom GPT's and uh, when you look at the other app stores um, the Play Store the iOS App Store they have a what is it like a 70-30 split where uh, creators get most of the revenue because the traditional mobile app stores don't do that much work they they give you a platform uh you know which is uh, highly valuable um but the developer puts in most of the effort right here um it costs a lot of money to run the llm that's true that and is true. uh right now you're not paying for any specific gpt um uh, i wonder if that'll change but uh Right now, the GPTs are are available to you as part of the uh, ChatGPT Pro subscription. So I feel like um, it's gonna be tricky. I wonder, uh, I wonder if it'll even be worthwhile to build like a GPT.
0: You know, that's a good point because right now, I'm sure. I'm I'm not sure, but I would be willing to bet that OpenAI might be losing uh, some money on running maybe Hmm. on all these GPTs. Uh, I'm. Sure that uh, allowing the training and the inference uh, for all the users might be very expensive. I, I don't know how many people subscribe to uh, OpenAI. Um, well, they do limit your usage per hour. So, what do you think? Do you think they're do you think they're making money on this? I think they're
1: making money on the inference. I don't think they're losing money on the inference. Um, whether or not they're uh, cash flow positive, that I have no idea. Whether okay. Training. Um, Uh, yeah that's a different question
0: yeah all right that's fair so i mean to me it's not clear if it's like super profitable just because you're not paying for how much you're using each of these uh models i assume right if you're uh, if you have unless you're a developer and you're using their api that's true that is true you do have to pay for the api
1: not to mention like uh, bigger enterprise deals that they have which is also something they uh demoed at the or they talked
0: about briefly in their demo day that's true but i don't know because i guess if you have the app store which is a 70 30 split as you mentioned Mm -hmm. but here OpenAI is doing the majority of the work i would assume where Um, So maybe they'll do like like a 50-50 split or...
1: I can see them um, changing the pricing model to buy
0: subscriptions to specific uh, GPTs. Well, They could. Or maybe it'll be like YouTube because doesn't YouTube do like... I don't think they publish that, but maybe it's like a 50-50. Because I think like, Mm. you know, YouTube is extremely uh, expensive uh, for how much it costs to host all the videos. I think Um, so. I think so yeah because okay. uh, you know you're gonna you have to probably see. an
1: order of magnitude lower than running llms though
0: maybe maybe i'm not sure because okay. the you have to duplicate i assume the videos mm-hmm. under uh for a lot of different um locales right so you, you'd probably have like i'm assuming google has server farms like all over the world that are duplicating the videos mm-hmm. um they need to be like available for everybody who's watching yep. um and i'm sure that is probably a semi-easy problem for popular videos um, because a popular video they only need to watch or upload once and have lots of viewers. But mm. for all of the long smaller tail. YouTube channels and all the long tail, I'm that you know have like twelve views. Uh, they still have to host that, and uh, that might be mm. um, expensive for all the availability. So I'm thinking that like for the long tail, YouTube has like a, a much more uh, difficult problem than where what OpenAI has where they're just running the exact same model mm-hmm. for all users
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: um so i That's don't a know point uh and i think youtube does like a 50 50 split something like that for the okay. more con- popular content creators w- what does that mean 50 50 of what The the advertising revenue
1: oh i see yeah i was thinking about their uh youtube premium subscription i'm not no sure i don't think so i think like for that is. i
0: think they pay you based off of like how valuable your video is so like if you are a um i think like i read it somewhere that if you are talking about something where advertisers really want to pay a lot of money for i think the number one thing if i remember correctly was like mesothelioma mesothelioma because a lot of those uh lawyers uh, make a bunch of money uh, suing somebody people who have mesothelioma uh, whatever and then I think one of the lowest paid ones is like music uh, or comedy something like that Mm. because nobody's really willing to buy Um, uh, so and everything in between where like you know if you're talking about you know the hottest stock picks you'll get paid uh, a little bit higher yeah so this uh, website also does say that uh, it splits its
1: YouTube premium membership uh, where Google gets 45 and creators get 55% of that. Oh, which okay. Which is, I assume, split out, uh, among all the
0: channels that uh, people watch. But only the big channels. Uh, the bigger channels. Because I think you need yeah. to have, like, a thousand subscribers or something like that. There's to something even start, official. Yeah, yeah. Getting, getting paid. So... I don't know. I assume that OpenAI will probably do something similar to that, because uh, yeah. I think it's a similar-ish problem.
1: Yeah, there's an existing precedent for that. But the cost of running these LLMs, oof. Um, oh, actually, uh, that's another thing they mentioned at uh, Demo Day. The GPT-4 Turbo is actually cheaper than <laughs> GPT-4, which is kind
0: of confusing. I'm not sure why they still offer GPT-4. Is, isn't GPT-4 Turbo better than GPT-4? Better and cheaper huh yeah. actually for my podcast i was using gpt4 maybe that's why it was so expensive <laughs> I, I should change that how, how much did
1: it cost to generate one episode
0: um i think uh so on mistral uh when i was using that it cost less than a penny um so i don't know uh, very low oh. um i think for gpt4 it cost maybe five cents hmm. uh, or something per episode so not not too bad mm-hmm uh, I think it was under under a dime, under ten cents. So I, I haven't even paid a dollar yet. So yeah, not not too bad. Yeah,
1: I'm excited to see more um, cheaper open source models that uh, we can run locally. Um, yeah, have you? Uh, I've I, I've tried the um, so recently I got access to Gemini Ultra with the uh, Bard Advanced. They're calling it. Oh, nice! Um, and it's it's better. Um, but it performs differently than uh, ChatGPT. Um, in what ways? Uh, uh, I'm not sure how much I should uh, talk about. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, let's. It's, it's it's still in uh, private beta. Uh, oh, okay. But uh, you know, it's it's better at some things. Uh, it's different at other things. Um, one cool UI feature that I like is you can highlight a section of the text, uh, the response from the LM, and ask it to just modify that section. Um, and I think that's pretty cool. It's easy. Uh, you know, you highlight, click edit, and then boom—you have a new version of that chunk.
0: Oh, yeah, that's that's pretty cool.
1: I suppose you could do that manually, but you know, having these—it's uh, like a quality of life. features. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's like a little bit better. I mean, I'm sure everybody else could probably do it, but yeah. you know, uh, they don't do yeah. it yet. Um, yeah, that's they, pretty cool. They
1: do need an app, though. Uh, I think it would be way easier with a mobile app.
0: Yeah, I use the the ChatGPT app all the time, yeah. and um, Perplexity. I use that one quite a bit too. Yeah, for research. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty good. Uh, I like it because it will always return the source articles, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is pretty nice. Um, running AI, the LLMs locally. Um, you know, I have a MacBook Air, yeah, and uh, it can run some super quantized models. Yeah, so like. Uh, I don't know, how would you describe quantization?
1: Um, Without getting too technical, you take um, the neural network that uh, runs the LLM and then you shrink it by removing things that aren't as important um, and representing the more complex architecture uh, in a smaller way that is pretty close uh, and contains most of that information. Yeah. That's my understanding.
0: Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. So I use some super quantized models. Yeah. Uh so I tried like a um uh, an alpaca model. Mm-hmm. Um so alpaca is a model that's based on the uh, llama llama or llama two model from mm-hmm. Facebook. I think it was made by Stanford if I remember correctly. That's right. Um and uh it's my understanding is just like a super quantized mm-hmm. uh llama two. So I I Oh ran... it's even
1: more quantized than llama.
0: I think so. Oh. I think so. Uh, I I might be missing some details there, but I think it was uh, originally trained on Llama and then quantized down uh, to make it run on uh, like all hardware. So I got that mm-hmm. running on my MacBook Air, and it's pretty good for what it is. Um, I mean, it's, it's great to run on a MacBook Air. It has like you know some knowledge, but uh, it, it's nowhere near as good as something like ChatGPT. So it's way worse uh, than that, but it's great for you know what it is. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm always connected to the internet, so I'm just and you know, I subscribe to ChatGPT. I subscribe yeah. to Mistra, I Subscribe to all these things. So it's like nice. you know if I can, like I'm gonna use the best one, right? Yeah. Like I mean, this one's okay.
1: for one-off use cases i think it makes sense to use the best one but if you're building something that has a lot of repeated calls to an llm um for a specialized use case i
0: feel like you can uh, optimize that for sure for sure yeah because i heard that it's better to find like a lot of these smaller models are better for fine-tuning uh because if you have a very specific small uh use case let's say like i don't know i can't even think of a thing that you'd want to fine tune. maybe like looking at uh, the sentiment of uh, like product reviews or something like that you you could probably fine tune a model uh, that was small uh, to do that particular task uh, Mm -hmm. really well Um, like if it's like a one singular task that you want to do i think you could fine tune it so for example i could give uh, maybe i could label some amazon product data and look for uh, the user sentiments maybe like oh I was happy or I'm sad or something like that. And then uh, give uh, some label to that data. And maybe you could use an LLM for that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh,
1: So the intuition behind that, I think, is uh, if you have a narrow, specific use case, you don't need the large models with all its uh, worldly knowledge as much, which is a lot more expensive. And I think uh, the smaller the model, the less data you need to replace its existing knowledge to change its behavior uh, in a certain way. So I think like smaller models perform uh, well with smaller training data sets, whereas larger models for a similar use case need a lot more training data because like they just have a lot more existing knowledge um, that they're kind of uh, biased towards. So you just need a lot more training data.
0: Yeah yeah that's true because i mean if it's a really narrow use case like you don't need to know the whole world history right
1: yeah so uh uh, speaking of narrow use cases in alpaca uh i was reading that uh, google and mit released like a health alpaca um for like health predictions and apparently it's very good and outperforms other models bigger models at like health predictions really Uh, you should uh, you should check that out wow Because mark here is like a health enthusiast (laughs) loves tracking everything he can about himself um and uh trying to keep up with the latest developments in longevity uh optimizing your health sleep nutrition fitness um anything else you can think of
0: that's true Uh, i go a little overboard
1: sometimes check check out a health LLM. i'm not sure if it's uh, public Uh, you know alpaca is always um stanford and research based but yeah check it out
0: yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, if we find a link to that, we'll, we'll post that in the show notes. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: oh yeah, I, I got this from
1: uh, another weekly newsletter, um, the AI Roundup. Uh, it's a Substack called the uh, AI Tidbits Substack, stack, and uh, it's pretty good. It gives uh, an overview of the new developments. Um, like you mentioned, um, it has a good selection criteria for what is newsworthy. It picks um, releases from big companies, um, Google, DeepMind, Stanford, MIT, um, and also new models and new types of models. So like a different modal or multimodal or something that does uh,
0: 3D models. Um, Do you want to define what a multimodal model? Actually, yeah. we've been talking a lot about models. I'm assuming almost everybody here who is listening knows what a model is. Oh, assume so, yeah. Yeah, okay. But uh, maybe they don't know the term multimodal model. Sure, sure. Um, so, uh, it's the domain
1: that this LLM operates in. So, most of these uh, popular models that you've probably uh, used or are familiar with, ChatGPT, uh, Google's Bard, and whatnot, um, they're text-based models, or at least they used to be. Um, and then you used to have like uh, Midjourney, Dolly, uh, Stable Diffusion, which were image models. Um, And now you have models that can understand, generate, and interpret both text, image. And some of these can understand uh, and interact with videos too. Um, So it's doing things across multiple modalities, uh, text, image, uh, video, um, and even audio. So yeah, these multimodal uh, model, LLMs, I
0: guess. Um, Man, that feels like all of them like uh now yeah 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 i mean or i mean just like if you think about the human senses like i can see with my eyes i smell? can yes yeah, smell maybe Smelling. touch uh that's that's one yeah. yeah um but like i can see with my eyes i can t- taste taste that's another one um well i mean you can get fine
1: uh grain you can do like uh Three D models. So it's kind of like a visual, but um, to output a three D file. Um, I mean, it could be text, but you know, um, if you break down um, individual domains into specific verticals, like coding, uh, would you consider
0: that a separate modality, or is that same as text? I think that would be the same as text, right? If you're, because I mean, code is just text that you run um although it is like a specific use case of text but i would consider that modality is just text what do you think about a
1: a 3d model if it's broken down into like a file which contains uh i don't know uh i'm actually i've never played around with the 3d model so uh i'm not sure what it contains but um i have used a 3d printer where it contains slices of the 3d space so it's kind of like a bunch of images
0: almost yeah exactly yeah like a bunch of images a all bunch of 2d images sliced together of different uh widths in a certain sense that's what a video is too right where it's just a like you know a bunch of images sequence of images yeah a sequence of images all put together so do you consider that a different model Video, yeah, I think so, and I think I would it's also different enough, from yeah, images and three uh, D models. I would also consider that too because or different as well because you know you're dealing with another not domain but dimension in this case, mm. um, and I think that you know things being three D um, would be in my mind a big enough of a, a difference compared to a actual like image, mm-hmm. even though they're I'm, I'm sure probably some of the algorithms are going to be related. For what they'll use like between like images and and text and 3d models but to me it seems like they're going to be different enough i mean i i don't know if you there's a limit on the number of modalities i
1: feel like you can represent data uh, in a lot of different ways um, and just because it's a 2d image um, i don't know if that's the same as uh, let's say an x-ray for example um, would you consider uh, medical lms that can interpret x-rays ct scans as image models
0: yeah i think so so? well because i think at the end of the day if you have an x-ray you're not interpreting the x-ray directly right because if you think about a human right like uh an x-ray is going to happen it's going to generate a image and then a doctor is going to look at that image and interpret it so in this case i think you had an X-ray. you wouldn't feed the X-ray directly into the model. You convert the X-ray of your, you know, broken bone to uh, an image, and then you, uh, you know, feed that image into the model, and then ask it, like, "Hey, like, what's wrong?" Um, what about uh, sound? Audio waves. Oh, that's definitely a different, mem- different modality, modality. for okay. sure. Yeah, I think so. Um, unless you converted that sound to. Like text, but not all sound like can be directly converted to text. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, if I had an alarm clock, how would I do that? I mean, should we have like some onomatopoeia, uh, which will say like, you know, like ring, ring, or like splat, or something like that, mm-hmm. which kind of, but like, you know, how do you do a bird sound or like, you know, somebody playing mm-hmm. the trumpet? Like, you can't convert that to text. Maybe you can convert it to musical notes, I guess, but it's not the same. I feel like, you know, something's lost there.
1: Um, speaking of things that could be represented as, as text, uh, I think, uh, I was reading, um, researchers were trying to represent, uh, DNA as, uh, a sequence of strings, which, which is, I mean, you know, it is, it, right? It, I don't know what it is, uh, well, I mean, but you could represent it that sure, way. Sure. Yeah. Um, and it was, it, I forget what the use case was. Um, um, so I guess if you break down, um, a new, concept into some other form you could uh basically generate everything with like a few modalities text audio image and video oh that is a notification for our gen ai meetup should Ah. we uh wrap this up mark
0: yeah i think we should (laughs) i think we should uh we gotta we gotta head out soon um anyways uh thanks everybody for Listening to us talk, um, I'm glad you're able to uh, join us uh, for the number one <laughs> generative AI podcast in the world. Well, someday, <laughs> eh, you know, we'll get there. Uh, anyways, I uh, hope to see you again. Uh, we'll see you next week uh, or next time. Uh, we're not. We haven't figured out the exact schedule yet. But uh, yeah, we'll see you in the next one. Bye bye. Peace.